The Mt. Gox sell-off has ended and the total figures are in. Binance looks to the future with a decentralized exchange and fiat trading. Google reverses their crypto ad ban for exchanges and Walmart puts lettuce on the blockchain. What does all this have to do with the banks of the future? Well, it's an absolutely packed week, chock full of crypto news, and your favorite blockchain blockheads are here to cover it all for you. Not as good as a plate of fresh chocolate chip cookies, but better than a sharp stick in the eye. It's the bad news, episode number 186 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Mr. Travis Wright, I just cannot get enough of that magical internet money. And it is an exciting day here in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. I'm Joel Com. He's Travis Wright, and this is the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And uh, this is our bad news episode, the weekly uh, episode where we recap all of the things that are happening in the crypto world that we want to talk about, but not the things that we don't. Yeah. So, like, we go through this process every week. We're like, oh, this is a cool piece of news. And no, we don't want to talk about this one. Screw Canada. <laughs> we don't say that to Canada. <laughs> we, 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 I saw, I got, we, I got to just mention this. I saw this at, uh, so yesterday at the UN, you know, Trump and all the different leaders were having speeches. Trudeau got up and gave a speech and they said that it was mostly empty. And the people that yeah. were there were watching their smartphones. <laughs> <laughs> so screw Canada. We don't have time for that. I mean, no, we, we love, love our Canadian love our listeners. listeners. Well, here's the thing. The smart Canadians are the ones that are into crypto and listen to the show. So, uh, you know what else I, I noticed here is uh, because crypto's down, there's definitely fewer people that are listening to crypto podcasts. If you look at the iTunes you know, rankings across the board, everything has fallen when the price of crypto have fallen. But the people who are listening now, you guys, you're like you're totally into this. For the tech, you know, a lot of looky loos came through because, oh, the media told me I should, you know, listen about Bitcoin and all that. And some of them came through. They'll be back again in the future when the media, you know, starts talking about Bitcoin. But the people who listen to the show, you guys are serious about crypto. And that's uh, we, we love that you are our base and uh, that you're not base. Although sometimes Mr. Travis writes, writes says things that are pretty base. Drop the base. Is this Hello, all about that base? What a brother know once again, but here's the incredible. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that was a little public enemy for you there out of nowhere. I don't know. That's, I guess, probably the first time we've done a public enemy there busted out. But uh, yeah, I, I love our fans. We have the best fans. Nobody has better fans than us. I can assure you, all of our fans are huge. We love them. Well, let's don't pick on their size. I mean, we can My have really shaming. I'm just fans. talking about their, their awesomeness is huge. Oh, okay. Your awesomeness is huge. And we want to get you guys involved. We're going to be doing some um, surveys, some polls over the next few weeks. You may remember way, way back, like a year ago, we had ClearPoll um, on our show. ClearPoll was a, is a survey app that is intended to give everyone a voice 
on the blockchain and you're able to set up your own polls, uh, whether you're on Android, iOS, or on desktop, you can do the voting here. And we're going to be doing a poll of the week here and see, you know, if you guys enjoy this or not. We're going to be asking a question each week, but to participate, you need to go to clearpoll.com. And the question for this week, Mr. Travis Wright, what's it going to be? Question for this week, and we're going to have fun with this. And I would say this before I ask the question of the week, I would say, you know, call in or shoot us an email if you have like a really great idea for a question. I think it'd be mm. good. We'll, we can go ahead and ask those questions. You know, I love it when our audience is suggesting things they really want to know about because then that helps us keep our fingers on the pulse. I think, um, well, our first question here for this week is, uh, do you think that by December 31st, 2018, do you think Bitcoin will be over $10,000? Yes or no? And we'd love lots of votes there. Clearpoll.com, you can download the app. You can actually go to clearpoll.com or one of the features on there, Bad Crypto. You can just go check that out and ours will be there. And uh, yeah, go download the app, check it out. I think, do you need any poll coin to be able to vote or you earn poll by voting, right? Yeah, I, th I think you earn poll by voting, but the app is free and it's free to vote. If you'll, when you're in the app, you'll notice there's, a, there's general questions that people create, but up at the top, you'll see a star in that tab says featured. Click on the featured and there's only a few that are featured. Bad Crypto is featured there. So you will find our question there. And the question's only up for a limited time, I think 48 to 72 hours. So as soon as you can, go to clearpoll.com, download the app and go vote. We will report back to you with the voting results and uh, and, and give you a new question. So this will be fun. We'll I have a great question for next blockchain. week, Mr. Joel Kahn. Do you want to share it now? You want to share? I'm going to share, yeah. Who has better questions, Travis or Joel? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because I don't know if you guys know this and you listen, but when we have these interviews, sometimes the guests will be like, oh, that's a great question. And then Joel and I, we joke, uh, you know, off, off air, like, oh, man, Travis is dominating with the great questions yeah. this episode. <laughs> you do have great questions. You do. <laughs> So let's let's jump to the coin market cap uh, as of today recording this on Wednesday September 26th the total market cap 213 and a half billion bitcoin just shy of 6500 ethereum 215 ripple 50 cents bitcoin cash on a bit of a run today to $508 stellar 24 cents and uh, tether up 1% to a dollar 1 uh, staying mostly mostly stable. Mostly stable. I really like how we update Tether every week, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> well, people want to know. The price of Tether, it, on my screen, it says a dollar. So, I mean, if mm. you're on Joel's screen and you're able to arbitrage that extra penny, that is such a sweet deal. You could do that all day. It's been an interesting week. We saw uh, some promise of, you know, things bouncing back. It, the market cap got up to about $230 billion. We saw Ethereum uh, be just under 250 And uh, Bitcoin Cash, again, on a run today, uh, Stellar was as high as, I think, $0.28. Cents. Mm -hmm. And so uh, – this week things. was really crazy because Ripple passed Ethereum this week just for a little bit. Like it was yesterday – uh, or the other two days ago, Ripple was number two in the market cap, right? And then Ethereum was number three. So right now, the market cap of Ethereum is right at about $22 billion. XRP is right at $20 billion. But uh, for a brief moment yesterday or a couple of days ago, Ripple was number two. 
Now it's number three. Yeah, so the market is uh, is looking interesting today as I'm scrolling through the top 100. Electronium, uh, you know, which was one that ICO'd around a penny and then shot up to, I don't know, 11 or 12 cents, maybe higher. 17 cents at one time, I think. Oops. 17. It's it's back to a penny and a half right ooh, now, ooh, but up, 20, up 25% for today. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what's happening in the electronium world, but there's also some new tokens that I'm not even familiar with. Waves took off today too, which is kind of if you actually sort by the greatest percentage uh, in the last 24 hours. There's a Eternal Coin, which is 78th overall. Never even heard of it. That shot up 85 percent. Electronium 25 percent. Bitcoin Cash 16 percent. Waves 10 uh, percent. So those those four right there are up 10 percent or more. Bitcoin Gold, which is <sighs> I don't even. I still haven't claimed my Bitcoin gold. I have no idea where it is, but uh, yeah, it's somewhere. Um, and you know, if you if you had some Bitcoin at the time of the fork, you have an equal amount of Bitcoin gold. I think I forked mine and I sold them. Oh yeah. I, you know, I don't know where they are. I'm pretty certain I sold mine around a hundred and something, and uh, now it's sitting twenty three dollars you know bitcoin gold hit as high as 480 dollars wow everything everything is just so crazy that is a a completely out of thin air completely just like we're gonna fork bitcoin and call it bitcoin gold you guys and then it was worth how much at one time i mean it's ridiculous 480 oh my gosh so at one time it was worth almost four billion dollars market cap like seriously it's amazing there's a Bitcoin private, uh, which was as high as I think twenty five dollars, it's now I don't know like a buck eighty or so, which is one that McAfee was touting said it would be a big deal. By the way, I actually kind uh, of McAfee- like Bitcoin though. I mean, it's really a combination of Bitcoin plus Zcash, I believe, right? So it's like it's like a hybrid of of a dual fork, which gives the Z snarks or whatever, and allows you to build smart contracts on it. I believe, and it makes it private. I think, um, not one hundred percent sure on on the. Because there's so many forks and the different things, but yeah, it was up really big, and that thing tanked. Oh my goodness! Don't be such a Z snark. I know. I mean, it's so Z snark. What I was going to say is, uh, speaking of McAfee, he is uh, pledged to be on episode number two hundred. So we're going to be interviewing him shortly. If you've got some questions you want us to ask him, send an email to badcryptopodcast at gmail dot com with the subject line question for McAfee, and we might be asking him some of those. Question for America. He's going to be president, he says. He's going to be, he's 78, he's stoned, he said, and he wants to be president. He's going to run again in 2020. So we're going to, why not? Yeah. Uh, McAfee. File under not a chance. (laughs) And he knows it. He knows it, too. He just wants his voice. He wants the crypto voice to be heard and, and, you know, enter the discussion. But he has no delusions of actually winning. You know, uh, even a he nomination probably does, but the chances of him actually doing it are funny. But you know what? Why not? We're going to roll with it. McAfee 2020. What are some of the things you think are contributing? Let's take a look at the news here and start with Coinbase. What, what we got there? Coinbase has a couple of interesting things that has happened this week. So Coinbase has this new listing process, which is going to allow them to increase the amount of the different assets that they can support. And for the longest time, right, it was just Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. And then it Ethereum Classic and, you know, it, Bitcoin Cash, those are the only ones that it really works with. 
Now they have this new process that's going to allow them to onboard additional assets. And once I think once people can start using Coinbase more as a, a crypto exchange to get those top 100 cryptocurrencies, you know, more of them, like they're going to come on. They're going to go, oh, my God, I can buy Stellar Lumens for 24 cents. And they're going to, they, you, know, you can just see the price in my mind. It just When people think, oh, my God, I can buy a bunch of those for 24 cents. I'm going to. It's just the way people, the, the emotions of people and how it works. There's going to be a psychological something that happens in people's heads when they can start buying coins at some of these cheaper prices on some of these better coins. And, um, yeah, so apparently over the next few months, it's going to be easy for them to have a process to, to add new assets, Mr. Joel. Well, and they're certainly moving forward because PDX Monthly, uh, which is uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, publication out of there, has a story saying a Silicon Valley cryptocurrency firm lands in Portland because Coinbase wants to be the bank of the future, the story from uh, 9-11. You can see it in the show notes at badco.in forward slash 186, along with all of the links from this episode. Their vision is to be the bank of the future, and this office is going to be their secondary HQ. So it looks like Portland, you know, maybe start getting some more crypto companies. If, if a company like Coinbase is going to come in, you know, other crypto companies are going to start popping up in that area. So probably be a nice hub. I mean, we're seeing these hubs pop up all over the world, quite frankly, crypto hubs. And I mean, we've been to we've been to a few already. And so it's interesting to see people around the world are gathering around their love of blockchain and cryptocurrency. All these meetups are happening in cities all around the world. People are popping up. Now we have these big companies like Coinbase that are going to help ease us into mainstream crypto. And it is the bank of the future. I mean, if I can go there and we can have our, it talks right here in the article about not only does it have the other coins that it's had, you know, for a long time, but they're looking at adding other coins like Cardano and Stellar Lumens and Zcash and a few other ones that are, are in there as well. So, hmm. It's exciting time as as mainstream is adopting crypto slowly and slowly, and it's a growing snowball, Mr. Jokom. Is a snowball rolling down the hill, and pretty soon it'll be a snowman made of snowflakes. But made of trillions of snowflakes. People in crypto aren't snowflakes. But, you know, Binance is another one that's demonstrating how quickly things are moving. It's a one-year-old company. They're the biggest crypto exchange in the world right now get this even in a bear market they're doing a billion dollars in crypto volumes each and every day but this makes me sad mr Jolcom. i gotta say can, I, can I say what why makes me sad? sad well it's why? because you and i decided to do a podcast and cz the ceo of binance said i'm gonna build a badass exchange and they're doing a billion dollars a day and we have a podcast joel yeah that is true <laughs> one year it's one year old Binance is they came out of nowhere and it's like pow like they're making more money than nasdaq is working with like what was it like three percent of the employees or something ridiculous like that yeah yeah crazy. it's crazy uh, but you know it's it's only been crypto to crypto trading but a uh, cheng peng uh, who goes by cz said at a coin desk event in singapore last week that they are going to offer Fiat gateways. That's the goal. They want to make it easier for fiat currency to get into the crypto world. So, you know, for that to become uh, frictionless for institutional money, this is how you do it. You've got to be able to, you know, have a gateway to pour 
fiat into the exchanges so people can do trading. Uh, by the way, Mr. Travis Wright, I saw that uh, Laura Shin of the world-renowned Unchained podcast got an interview with CZ. And so now, so you guys can go check that out. We haven't got him yet, but uh, maybe Laura can hook us up. Maybe so. You know what? There's people that, that we can, you know what? Chang Ping, he, he likes bad crypto, I'm sure. He's probably, he's all like, it's, it's in his listening thing. That's how he became a billion dollar company every day. He listened to bad crypto. <laughs> well, again, this is adoption into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And if they can succeed in this, and I suspect they will, then this is one of the things that can open the gate for institutional money to flow into the cryptos that we all love so much. There was a big fear for much of the dip of this year that a lot of the reason Bitcoin was going down was because the trustee of Mt. Gox, the exchange that went down the tubes, was liquidating Bitcoin uh, into the market. And now we have the numbers. Now we know. Let's see. Nobuaki Kobayashi released a statement saying that they have liquidated about $230 million in Bitcoin in Bitcoin Cash in four months. That is about 25000 of each Bitcoin in Bitcoin Cash. Now, it sounds like a lot, $230 million. Like, how did that impact the market? Were they doing it in big chunks in different days? Is that how? I mean, are they using those big chunks of money to manipulate the market? Because you are a whale if you have a lot of that money. And, you know, you put up those sell blocks and then the price starts going down. And it's just it's interesting, the mechanics and the economics of these trading exchanges with crypto. I mean, it's, there's never been anything like this. I mean, it's like the stock market on steroids and all these, you know, commodities and everything, because there's like so, so many exchanges going on and not every exchange is tied to one exchange. Like in, in stock market, you're like, oh, it's the stock market. It's, you know, the the it's NASDAQ or it's whichever one. And that is a standard one. The price is the same on every one of them. On crypto exchanges, the prices are different on every one of them. And so that's crazy. So I'm sure they were like splitting them up and selling them in different places. And that's how a price can be kept low, Mr. Jolcom. Well, if you do the math, the average price of a Bitcoin that they sold at was around $8,111 and Bitcoin Cash, eleven ninety five. dollars So, uh, you know, not bad. Not bad, but it's nice to know that it looks like that sell-off is done. Sold about 25,000 Bitcoin and 25,000 Bitcoin cash. And uh, yeah, let's talk about some good news. There's some good news on the horizon as well. Yeah, so you guys know the hedge fund giant, Michael Novogratz. So there's an article here from Crypto Vibes, which is a website that uh, it doesn't sound like fake news at all. It could be. <laughs> but uh, I had a live podcast on CNBC and he confirmed that he bets on a big crypto comeback and that the bottom might be ending and the institutional money is still awaiting. And they think within three to six months from now, there's going to be a clear sign for these big institutions and pensions to start investing in crypto. And they think that institutional money is going to start hitting and uh, it's going to be a lot easier for people to swallow. Combine that with like Coinbase becoming easier and having more assets on it and the evolution of this and Binance being able to take fiat. I mean, the, the future does look pretty solid to me. Don't be swallowing my Bitcoin. Oh, you should hodl it. You should hodl it. Well, there's an article here in Coindesk with a question. Hodl no more. The amount of Bitcoin in active wallets is near record highs. Uh, data from Chain 
analysis. Oh, I see what they did there. It's analysis, but it's chain analysis. The analytics firm announced that they found 4.8 million Bitcoin, or roughly 32% of the supply minus lost coins, was held in personal wallets with some level of transactional activity as of August 31st. That's up substantially from the end of 2017 when there was less in the hands of, of individuals. So there are more people that are personally holding crypto, according to Chainalysis economist Philip Gradwell. That's what he said. He said it like that. Do we know how many exact accounts are, or is it just say that they're grown? It's gotten bigger, but do we know exactly how many? didn't say accounts. It just says how many of the Bitcoin or what percentage of the coins that are oh, in Oh, it does the- say 28.5 million Bitcoin wallets across the market. He estimated only 150,000 of them hold more than 10 Bitcoin each. So there's the number. There's 28.5 million Bitcoin wallets across the market. Right now. That was fake news, what I just said, because apparently we do know. And there mm-hmm. is the number right there. He but says, you don't know unless you scroll all the way down. So it's, it's true that you didn't know that until then. I was not scrolling. He said a couple things here. First, it's a sign of a maturing market with less volatility. That's true. And he also said half of available Bitcoin is still held by investors, but it's somewhat less concentrated. So if you are one of the people out there that has more than 10 Bitcoin in your wallet, you are one of 150,000 in the whole world out of seven and a half billion people only 150,000 have at least what is it $65,000 in bitcoin in uh, in one wallet a number of months ago google had along with facebook set up a ban on crypto businesses that wanted to advertise they said nope you cannot advertise if you are doing crypto ads on our platform, but apparently they are going to change their tune. If you are in in exchange advertising in the United States or Japan, um, it says advertisers will need to be certified with Google for the specific country in which their ads will serve, and advertisers will be able to apply for certification once the policy launches in October. So this is a, a turnaround. You know what? This was the exact time they banned cryptocurrency ads. And then like within that week, our YouTube channel was banned. Like, and, and so I wonder, it's like, we should probably go like, we, we did say, Hey, we'd like to, you know, be reinstated. And they, and they immediately said, Nope. And then like, it was such a weird thing. I don't know what was going on. I think there was some hate with crypto then. So maybe we should try again to get our, get our, maybe there's a, there's a ton of crypto channels though on YouTube, a ton of them. That didn't yeah. get banned. So it's still weird. I think they just said you guys are bad, and mm-hmm. that was. Yeah, they said, "Get rid of all the bad crypto stuff." And they literally typed in "bad crypto," and they're like, "We found them. We found them, guys, <laughs> right there." So here's here's kind of a sad story for those of you who have participated in an ICO, invested, you know, at the peak on Bitcoinist.com. The headline is: seventy percent of all ICOs are now underwater in two thousand. In 18. Yeah. So. <laughs> don't drown, Mr. Cocom. Don't, don't drown. Save <laughs> I, yourself. I, I was an ICO. You were. <laughs> I would be an ICO. <laughs> that should be. I'll, I'll be that for, uh, for for Halloween. What are you? I'm an ICO. Take a drink water. <laughs> uh, I actually thought what I should do is, you know, that uh, if you've seen the Back to the Future 
you know, graphic that we did with Joel and I as the as the uh, Doc and Marty. I think maybe I should be Doc, Doc Brown. Oh, I thought you were going to do Austin Powers. Can't find an Austin Powers that's uh, can't find like they're all chintzy outfits. Unless I want to try to, I've not found one yet. So can somebody out there make Travis Wright a Austin Powers outfit for? No, I would rather be Doc Brown because I can run around all excited. Okay, do that. Do that. That's fine. I do what I want. Gosh, you do whatever you want. Uh, You know, the question is how much money has been lost and. Apparently, ICOs, let's see, 70% of the ICOs have lost the money they raised. That's what the research is showing. 70% of the tokens that are out there are now valued at less than what was raised during their ICO. Yeah. So check this out. Here's a, here's something that Pension Partners put out. Uh, Charlie Biliello on Twitter put out this graphic and said, here's the, the, the 2018 return in U.S. money, quantum, Q2, uh, you know, QTUM. Minus 93.4%. NIM, minus 90.5%. Um, there's some other ones. Uh, Omezigo, minus 82.5%. Litecoin, minus 74.6%. And the bottom one on here, uh, VeChain, minus 21%. EOS, minus 28%. Stellar, minus 49%. Mm. Bitcoin, minus 51.8%, depending on what time that it was done. And actually, the highest price of Bitcoin was in 2017. It had already gone down entering into 2018. So, yeah, crazy. Well, and part of the problem is a lot of what was, you know, raised was on pure enthusiasm and speculation for what would one day become, kind of like the dot-com boom that happened in the late 90s. And so, you know, the crash has happened and now we're regrouping. But as we analyze the top 100 coins by market cap, there's an article on CryptoVest that says only 36 of those top 100 in market cap have a working product to show for, according to a research of investment analysis website, Invest in Blockchain. And so mm. there's a lot of speculation still in the top 100. Yeah, there is. Uh, you can actually go to the list of those articles. It's linked to the authors of this study, John Bardinelli and Franklin Frumkin. They looked at the top 100 cryptos with the largest market cap and which ones had a working project and had real value. So, yeah, those results are not great when only 30-something percent of the ones that, have, that are in the top 100. So what about the bottom 1,900? <laughs> well, they do, they do have a criteria. And um, what the authors say in this is that the mere existence of a product doesn't necessarily mean the product is working. After all, is a foundation really doing any work where there's no weight on top of it? Likewise, a DAP platform that has a main net but doesn't have any noteworthy DAPs on top of it isn't considered working by this criterion. They're talking about you know EOS and VeChain which both have main nets, but don't really have significant uh, DAPs on their main net yet. Mm. Yeah, I just posted another link in the show notes, Mr. Joel Com. There, take a look at that. It's the actual report that they that they um, that they it, it, all 100 of the top projects that actually have a working product is, is listed on this page. This is a very very good resource right here, and it says here they are the top 100 that have a working product. So that's pretty good. But the, in the top 100, only 36 of them have a working product and, and there they are and the ones that have the working products guess what they're the ones that are you know closer 
up to the uh, the top of the list here. So that is an interesting piece. By the way, the guys who did this study, Bardinelli and Frumkin, that what is I mean, is that like a legal firm? The the law offices of Frumkin, Bardinelli and Frumkin. Mm-hmm. We, I had some buddies that used to be roommates and, uh, our, back in the day when you had to have, you know, your voicemail set up and, uh, with a tape, right? And so our voicemail message, it said, uh, you have reached the law offices of Wright, Holmes, and Moser. We are currently working on a huge case of beer. We are not available. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's funny. A little earlier, you mentioned something about snarks. And this next story mm-hmm. references them. I don't know what a snark is. So what is this? The ZK snark, that is what can help uh, scale Ethereum. So it's a form of cryptography that Zcash had originally created. And so this might be added to Ethereum, kind of like Bitcoin private we were talking earlier. Well, this is going to allow, I guess, some of that privacy stuff as well as being able to scale pretty substantially up to as much as 500 transactions per second without actually relying on that secondary sidechain scaling solution um, like Plasma or Raiden. And I think kind of, you know, the Lightning Network is kind of one of those secondary second scaling solutions. So it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know everything about this because I'm not a crypt- cryptographist. What are the, how do you, pre- cryptographer? I guess cryptographer one of those. We're not one yeah. of those. So Vitalik sure. says that a uh, setup like this could lead to gains of 24 times uh, speed for ETH transactions and 50x for ERC20 transfers. So I don't think. He, but what about CryptoKitty transfa- transfer? I don't think he's being. We need to know how fast you're being snarky be. now. I don't think that's the type of snark. I'm being I'm being DK snarky. Come on. I don't think that's the kind of snark that uh, that they're referring to here. Mm. What about sarcasm? Do they have ZK sarcasm? <laughs> I got that. So the, the right. Center for Disease Control, no, no, the CBC, not the CDC. This is CBC.ca, our friends up uh-huh. in Canada. They have a story. It's not ABC. It's not BBC. It's CBC. Is there a DBC? Welcome to the Denmark Broadcasting Company. Okay, now? I guess like every country. Now? Now, okay. Uh, CBC News posts that Bitcoin mining uses so much electricity that one city could curtail facilities' power during heat waves. That city is Medicine Hat. More than sixty thousand people live there. There's large industrial plants there. Oh my gosh! They said that there's there's some companies there. I guess that are developing really large Bitcoin mining operations, uh, such as this one. Hut Eight has fifty six shipping containers, each filled with one hundred and eighty computer servers that are digitally mining Bitcoin around the clock. Fifty six shipping containers, and so they say, hey, if we have a heat wave and you're putting taxation on our electrical system. We will shut you down. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I think it's important that these discussions are taking place in different municipalities, wherever they are. You know, the uh, mining outfits need to be working hand in hand so that there's not disruption to the power grid. Wow. Check this out. It has already mined more than 3,300 Bitcoins there in Alberta. And they have another site as well, but they're mining about 20 Bitcoins a day. Wow. Up there in Canada, in Med- in. 56 shop, 56, is that how many it was? 56 shipping containers. Those shipping containers are huge, yeah. filled with 180 servers each. Wow. 
that's a that's a big operation to only get twenty Bitcoin a day. And I like I got fifty Bitcoin on my laptop that I lost. Forty people <laughs> work there at the medicine hat facility, and in the photo on the website, they're wearing hats. I don't think they're medicine hats, but. They are working there, and they're wearing some sort of Bitcoin hat. So our friends up in Canada, A, or they got it going on with the Bitcoin. They do. They have it going on with the Bitcoin. Now, so they're taking all this power, and they're using all this energy. Now, we have another piece of news over here that says sending cryptocurrency through radio waves is now possible with this off-grid solar-powered system. So whereas Bitcoin is spending a whole lot of electricity, you know, one thing I realized when, when we were on the crypto cruise, Mr. Jokam, I mean, you weren't there, but when me and the other people that I'm I was calling there me in were, spirit, you were a lot of people. I mean, seriously, I bet there are like 30 people asked about you and eh, maybe three. I think I was like, I 10 X that. But so this is one of the problems is we were going to play poker and there was like 30, 40 people are going to play poker and they were going to originally have it as the buy in is 0.1 Bitcoin. And but you had no Wi-Fi because here we are on a cruise. And so. And Maslow's, you know, hierarchy, it goes Wi-Fi, you need Wi-Fi before crypto. Because if you don't have internet, you don't have crypto. But now, Mr. Joel Com, there might be possible to send crypto through radio waves with this solar powered system. That's kind of Can cool. you like rock and roll while you're doing that? Can you listen to music as it's sending the Bitcoin across the radio waves? <laughs> Yeah, like is it is is it FM radio waves? Can I, is it like Sirius XM radio waves? I mean, is it AM? It's 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 CM. It's crypto. See, where the innovation continues, and even though blockchain is you know imperfect in uh, many of the ways it's been rolled out, people are are moving this technology forward and finding better ways to do it. And IBM is doing that. They have been awarded a patent for autonomous self-serving devices within a blockchain-based Internet of Things system. They won the patent for IBM. So peer-to-peer telemetry environment, that was a, that was one. So proof of concept for ADEPT in partnership with Samsung. So what's it, what's it going to do? What can you do with it? You can do autonomous stuff. I don't know. I haven't read things that will take care of themselves. So functionalities include peer to peer messaging, distributed file sharing, autonomous inter device coordination to negotiate service contracts between trade trading trading partners. And so, you know, when I see IBM, I smile now, not just because I've been a IBM futurist for years, but they are being aggressive. They have now filed 89. Um, blockchain patents. And that is only one behind the leader who is Alibaba. They have 90 blockchain patents. Yeah. I remember when Satoshi Nakamoto patented the blockchain? <laughs> oh, no, he didn't do that. Like, you know, but you see these big corporations are all like, yeah, it's ours, mine, mine. <laughs> like, greater good, folks. That's why I'm so glad that it wasn't a corporation, really, that came up with blockchain, because, you know, they would have trademarked it and or licensed it out and not let anybody else have access to it or the code or behind it or, you know, the, you know, the payment system, not be able to the duplicate, you know, payment stuff. Oh, no, that's patented. Like these big companies all like to patent stuff. So and I'm not a big fan of the patents, but cool job. Hey, um, one thing I am a fan of is the Stellar blockchain. We've loved Stellar since the beginning our episode number 10, I think, or episode 12, one of those was we interviewed the CEO of Stellar, which was unbelievable. Well, 
their blockchain, Joel, has seen a 2,500% growth in adoption. It is the fastest growing ICO platform of 2018. Stellar yeah, su- super fast blockchain. That's a 2,700 ICOs registered with ICO Bench platform in 2018. And 2,400 represented just under 90% of token sales coming to market in that period. Um, and they've issued or plan to issue their tokens via Ethereum network. But now Stellar has some serious momentum. Yeah, if you look at it over here, so it says 2,700 ICOs have been registered with ICO Bench so far in 2018. 2,700. Of those, 2,400 of them are being built on Ethereum, which as a side note, yeah, hopefully the ZK Snarks work because you're going to need some scaling issues if you have 90% of all companies building on your platform, right? So the remaining 350 ICOs, those are being distributed across the other 102 blockchain platforms. So the other 350 ICOs, yeah, there's other 102 blockchain platforms that you can build smart contracts on, like Ethereum. And of those hundred, of those 350, 50 of those are using Stellar as their primary platform. Some of them are using both, like Ken, K-I-N. They use Stellar and Ethereum somehow with their platform so they can scale quick. So, and uh, while yeah. I won't reveal the name yet, we're in discussions with the company to become advisors for them, and they are planning on launching their token on Stellar as well. All right. Another great piece of news. Like, so the Google and Facebooks of the world, they have, a you know, it's kind of hard to de-Googlefy your life, right? You got, we use Google Chrome. Some people use a, you know, the Google lap, Google, use the Google laptop, right? You there's Android phones. Like there's so many different things that Gmail, Google is in all walks of your life. Well, Brave is a browser that I love because it doesn't inject the JavaScript. It doesn't inject all that code and all that BS. And it really slow, it really, you know, speeds up the internet experience. Well, they're another browser, brave.com. You can get it on mobile. You can get it on desktop. And they just passed the 3 million monthly active user. And they're now one of the top 10 on the Google Play Store in 21 countries. Mr. That's Open. significant. That's, you know, to have that type of uh, um, adoption of any software tool is is significant. Three million, not just three million users, active users. Mm. Yes, three million active users. And you, you can yeah. earn cryptos with uh, the Brave Attention token, right? Yep, there's over 18,000 Brave verified publishers on there, 4,500 websites and different YouTube and Twitch streamers. And they're getting monthly bat payments. And they give, they're giving $500,000 uh, worth of bat away every single one. So, like, make sure we claim ours. We need to claim bad crypto, I guess, Mr. Joel Com, so people can come and check out our site. And then we there. can stay bat. We can stay bat. A couple, couple funny stories, interesting stories that show adoption of crypto. This is actually from the R Cryptocurrency subreddit. Uh, and it says, there's a picture here. Uh, it says last night the Dodgers, and we're talking the baseball team, introduced twenty thousand plus people to crypto blockchain with the first ever crypto bobblehead giveaway on Ethereum blockchain. And this guy's holding a card. It says a Dodgers crypto token, Dodger bobblehead edition, September twenty first, two thousand eighteen. How how would this work? Mm-hmm. 
So I saw the original tweet from uh, the Dodgers, and and basically the way that it works is there's a website called MLB Crypto. And this site, it's basically kind of like CryptoKitties, right? So it's taking baseball memorabilia, players, et cetera. You can buy the rights to their digital asset online. And uh, the Dodgers and MLB uh, Crypto gave it away. So they they had Dodgers Crypto Token Night. So LA is the first one they've done. I'm sure they're going to do one in New York sometime and maybe other cities, I would assume, as well. So um, it's a way for mass adoption and people to go, what's this crypto thing? An easy way to kind of get in there and, and start understanding how it all works. And that's what we need is for people to become aware of it. It's going to pave the way for easy to use exchanges and wallets that will make the entire process frictionless. And that is when we're going to see the move into uh, mass adoption of crypto. And it doesn't hurt when you see an article like this coming out of Adweek saying that Walmart is putting lettuce on the blockchain. That's where I want my lettuce. I I want it in my salad and I want it on the blockchain. So are they putting a QR code on it or an RFID thing? Like, how do I know this particular piece of lettuce, you know, or this particular lettuce was, oh, you know, I don't know. It's interesting to me to see what what they're going to do. They said they're going to um, put this in place by September of 2019. So obviously, you know, blockchain can help keep records. Right? It's one thing it does. And and so I guess they want to make sure that people know where exactly their lettuce comes from. Well, because there's some E. coli and the salmonella outbreaks that happen. So they want to be able to figure out exactly where the waste and where those batches are so they can group dispose of right. them. Of course, what this will do is provide them with real-time end-to-end traceability from farm to table. And it's really, it's a food safety thing, right? They, if they can identify where that lettuce came from and there's an issue, um, then, then you know, everybody knows. There's, there's no uh, question about where that particular crop came from. They can trace contaminated food back to its source, and uh, that could prevent, you know, prevent uh, additional outbreaks, perhaps. Oh, man, I tell you what, Joel, I mean, that's why I have a strict guidance of not eating salad. They are dangerous. I mean, you could die by eating salads, Leafy, Mr. Joel Cobb. That's why I eat barbecue and bacon. <laughs> Le- I have lots of Leafy bacon. greens will do you in. Uh, this is not the first time this has happened. Uh, IBM and Walmart have previously worked together to trace pork in China and mangoes in the U.S., this is just the beginning, though. This Thank this you. is the beginning. I mean, yeah. some big brands are beginning to develop um, blockchain-enabled food traceability, including Dole, McCormick, Nestle, Tyson Foods, Unilever. And so this is just the beginning. In the future, all of your farm fresh foods will be blockchainified. And not only that, but I was just thinking while you were discussing that, I was thinking, I was like, you know, what's really going to be huge with that is going to be cars. You know how like cars, sometimes they have those recalls because there's like a certain piece and a certain few cars, like they're going to know exactly which cars have that certain piece and probably be able to connect to the computer device and say, you need to bring this in because we got to replace your part, right? It's like, so the world can become safer Really, and uh, yeah, you're gonna know where things. Are. We're gonna get more. Inf- we got more and more information. Just look at how much information we are creating. Every Do you day. think so just like you can walk into many restaurants and order gluten free, that you'll be able to say, "I would like a blockchain salad," right? I want. I want. Every- <laughs> I want a salad where everything 
has been tracked on blockchain. And I would like you to sprinkle it with some Satoshis, please. <laughs> if you could throw some block, block, block <laughs> hold on. If you could put some blockchain dust on that for so, us, that would be nice. Just sprinkle some on there. If Jimmy Song, if it's called Jimmy Song's Blockchain Dust. But you know how they got Song. bacon bits. I want Satoshi bits. Just spr- sprinkle some. Nice. What would they look like? They, they would they look, look like, like little Satoshis. <laughs> what the hell's that? What is that? Like it looks like Parmesan cheese or what? I mean, I'm I don't write the jokes. I just make them up. Come on. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of great. That's a lot of news for the week, and I'm really encouraged with you know the move towards adoption that seems to be the theme we're seeing here uh is all of the different companies and industries and countries that continue to push blockchain forward and we're going to be talking with a lot of those companies and there's going to be a lot of speakers talking blockchain at world Crypticon coming up October 31st through November 2nd at the Aria Hotel in Las Vegas. If you haven't got your tickets yet, worldcryptocon.co forward slash bad. Mr. Travis Wright and myself will be emceeing this event, and it is going to be fantabulissimo. So we probably ought to start planning some of the things we're going to do for that, I would say. Huh? Well, I'm going gonna... gonna like, to have like, we got to have little spiels and little funny joke sessions and little things like that we to do. Plan. I, I like to just show up and do things. Mm-hmm. That's a lot World Crypticon is giving away two tickets every week to sub- a subscriber to our newsletter. You can enter to win by going to badco.in forward slash WCC. That stands for World Crypticon for those of you that can't spell that out which would mean none of you because you're all super smart. Badco.in forward slash WCC. And this week, a drum roll. Our lucky winner who's going to win two tickets is Christy Redman. Christy, the crowd goes wild. Congratulations, Christy. Everybody's cheering for you. They're so excited. It's like you're at a ball game or something. You will be reached out to by the World Crypticon team, so you can claim your tickets, and we will be giving away a grand prize to one lucky subscriber as we approach the event who is going to win uh, two tickets, all expense paid, including airfare and hotel, and a VIP treatment to the actual event. But you guys should be there. Go to World Crypticon. VIP treatment, what does that mean? You're going to just hang out with Travis Pretty and Joel? Much. Pretty much. VIP. Nice. I want to be VIP. I don't know. We didn't draw your name. I'm going to have to enter at badco.in forward slash right. Get on the list. Newsletter is once a week. We don't spam. And uh, there's no marketing messages. It's purely this is what the week in crypto from the Republic of Bad Crypto. It's very sexy. It's the most sexiest newsletter in all hmm. of crypto. Mr. Travis Wright, are, are, do you want to sign us off here? Stay sexy. No, that's that's no, that's not it. Stay listening. That's also that's. Ugh, I'm so bad. So bad. It's, I'm glad that you're that way. Just stay bad. Who's bad? 
The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.